Hey guys, this is Carrie. I just wanted to let you know that we are moving the Mark and Carrie podcast to its own SoundCloud and podcast feed. Check out the episode description for more details. And if you'd like new episodes, seek us out on our new channel. Hello and welcome to our end of the year, end of the academic year. Podcast. End of the academic year. Yeah. And what are we calling it? Carry on regardless. Yes, that sounds perfect, especially in these times. Exactly. Yes. It's it's always these times. It you is can't explain a variable with a constant. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one thing or one topic that we didn't cover that was just happening on our last podcast mm -hmm. was Julian Assange. Indeed. Yes. Who exist. emerged from the Ecuadorian <laughs> embassy, <laughs> yeah. which looks like basically the smallest suburban house in the United Kingdom, where he's been holed up yes. for a hundred years. Looking like a man who'd been holed up in a small suburban house for a yeah, hundred years. Yeah, hadn't really seen the light of day or uh, um, hadn't had a shave in a while either. No, definitely not. So is he still waiting to be extradited? Well, here's the thing. The United States has to get in line. I mean, yeah. so the issue is this. I mean, you know, he's got many supporters and people, right, you know, understand what he's been doing, whistleblowing, which is a valuable public mm -hmm. service, etc. And of course, what he did via Chelsea Manning, who's also back in court related mm -hmm. to this, is, you know, ultimately they pissed off the security apparatus of the United States. Mm -hmm. And that means that your number's up, yes. right? That, that's yeah. basically it, yeah. right? Now, the thing is, there's a thing called Britain in the middle of all <laughs> this. And Britain basically banged him up for 12 months because he was not meant to run away to the embassy. Uh -huh. And he cost the British taxpayer millions of dollars guarding him and stuff like this. <laughs> so they banged him up for 12 months. Now the Swedes are back in for that rape charge that oh, was dismissed. So, I, whoa, so they're probably going to want a bit of them. Now, the unsealed indictment that we know from Virginia basically is incredibly narrow. Yeah. And the maximum sentence on what they're going to officially get him for is only five years. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure that's really the case because that could just be a way of getting him and yeah. then the next thing, super max, good night, you'll never hear from him again. I mean, because the US government wants, or is it maybe more than just the U.S. government, really wants to make him a symbol of, right, if you're going to leak our documents, yeah, exactly. That's what we're going to come after you. Even though it doesn't didn't seem like it was particularly hard. Well, it depends who you talk to. I remember talking to some security people at the time, and they were saying no real damage was done. Okay. People who were sensitive assets in yeah. extremely hard okay. to get places were compromised, were killed. Yeah. But that's just hearsay. I mean, I have no proof of that. On the other hand, what I remember from most of the coverage was we figured out that despite the NSA, the satellites and everything else, the United States kind of bumbles around like everybody else trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And most of the diplomatic <laughs> telegrams and stuff are just filled with kind of gossip and chatter. Right. You know, it's like a lame version of rich housewives of third world dictatorships. <laughs> right. They're hanging out at the coffee shop and they're like, hey, I saw yeah, this guy. Yeah, you know, you know what you call him? You know what yeah. his nickname is, right? You know this sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, who knows? But I mean, ultimately, I think you're right that this is one of those Michel Foucault moments by mm -hmm. which I mean discipline and punish. Why is it that when you want to kill someone for a bad thing, you hang them, draw them, quarter them, and stick their head on a pike? Because it's not about them. It's about the signal you're sending to yes. everybody else. It was an interesting question about who they're sending the signal to. In some ways, it's they're sending it to people within, I mean, Americans who may just be, you know, the, the sort of... Um, 
stereotypical person in their basement, like hacking away or something. Well, um, most of the, the time, it's contractors. I mean, this is part of the- Well, that's of the, what he was, right? Right. This is part of the fallout yeah. of you know, the way that we've sort of privatized yes, everything yeah. in government, right? Yeah. The, what were once career civil servants mm -hmm. with top security clearance yep. are now like hirelings for companies at yeah. three times the pay. Yeah. And you know, your security is all over the place and you wonder why. Yeah. I mean, well, this has been in the White House too. I was just reading this interesting article that the president's former golf kid, caddy is now his like, the social media person. And not that there isn't, you know, you can rise from golf caddy to be the president's I just social... I think of golf and social media I, in the yeah, same sort of yeah. space, you know. But Awkward men wearing pastels. Yeah, and funny hats. Exactly. Um, but just the, how this White House, and I'm sure all White Houses, have been willy-nilly about the type of clearance that, they, that they've offered to people seemingly that need it, don't, you know, your friend, your cousin, etc. And that's always seems concerning. But I guess if we're bumbling around like every other government, I'm not sure that it really matters as much as the front page of the New York Times might think. So it certainly matters to Julian where he ends up, but yeah. he could be on a, a little stay in the United Kingdom, a tour yeah. of Sweden. Yeah. And then, you know, the other interesting aspect of this, of course, is the role of WikiLeaks in supporting Trump. Yes. Which yep. was part yep. of the Mueller inquiry. Yep. So there's a yep. whole new set of interests now for keeping yep. this guy as far away as possible. Mm -hmm. So who knows what the future has in store for Julian? Well, you mentioned this interesting thing called Britain. And it still it still exists. <laughs> it I, we does. have to do our daily or no, sorry, our uh, whatever um, podcast update on right. Brexit. I, I can't claim this joke on my own. It was someone on Radio Four who did it, so uh, I'll give kudos to that. But basically, uh, what we're stuck in is Brexit Infinity War. Yeah. And what we need to do is get to <laughs> sort of you know War. Brexit End Game. Yeah. Alex, who's sitting here, was saying that as well. But I heard it on Radio Four first, so I got to be honest. That's pretty good. That's pretty. But yeah, okay. So you know the latest update on this. All right. So basically, all one ever really needs to know to say this again is that this is not about europe this okay. is about the british establishment tearing its own face off and the british public being highly unsatisfied with them for lots of reasons the really interesting one here is the play by jeremy corbyn the leader of the labor party now ask yourself the following question okay you've been a backbencher internationalist committed socialist anti-racist campaigner mm -hmm. for the past 30 years okay happenstance throws you into the leadership yeah. The old guard try and murder you twice. You not only survive, you rebuild the membership. Mm -hmm. You've pretty much got an unassailable position. Two thirds of your MPs want to have a second referendum. Oh, and geez. you refuse. You never let them near it. Now, what's yeah. going on? Why would you behave that way? I want to, I'm wanting to somehow preserve my own power. Yes, it's a good start, but take the next step. Your power to do what? Do you think this guy who's a 30 year backbencher really wants to be prime minister? It's one of the most awful jobs in the world. But what he's always wanted to do is basically the undoing project of Thatcherism. Oh, I So yeah. the Tory party has strapped a bomb to its chest called Brexit, and Permanent he's enabling minority. it to tick down. So long as it goes off on them, mm -hmm. he doesn't care. So he's willing to face down his own party and run the clock out and have a hard Brexit, because ultimately this will destroy the Tories more than a hearts labor. But will it also then destroy the country? Or is no. that, that's just like too much hot air? I think from the point of view of Jeremy, the, basically the way you save the country is by destroying the Tory party. Yeah, okay. So he's riding the torpedo to the alien he's nation. He's straight in there, exactly. Wow, wow. 
Um, and But he would not, you think, become prime minister even. Well, you know, it's possible he might. But I think yeah. that if we start with this guy wants to be prime minister, therefore why is he doing what he's doing? It yeah. literally makes no sense. Yeah. If you start from the point of view of this guy's an accidental candidate for a prime minister who probably doesn't really want the job, but the more the one thing he'd love to do in this world is to bury the party yeah. of Margaret Thatcher, yeah. suddenly yeah. it all makes a yeah. lot more sense. We could, though, in a year from now, still be talking about this. Could be, but I doubt you it. You don't think so? I don't okay. think so. I don't. Okay. So, you know, the European elections are coming up and people are getting very vexed about this thing called the Brexit party, which is on yeah. the top of the polls. But nobody gives a damn about European elections. Yeah. This basically puts more pressure on the Tories. We know that Theresa May is going to step down next month when her vote fails again. Mm-hmm. Then the Tories will tear their own face off and yeah. make Boris Johnson leader, which turns them into a laughing stock. Jeez. Right? You can just see how this yeah. one plays out. Yeah. The only person who wins here is Jeremy. Boris Johnson, but this is interesting because he was city. He was the mayor of the city of London. That's right. Could become prime minister. Could Bill De Blasio as the mayor? Look at that transition. The mayor that of was, New that York. That was one of the most become, elegant and least you. plausible transitions <laughs> in human history. But I mean, whoever thought that Bojo would become prime minister? Well, we at least in Britain have a tradition of finding old Etonian tough. Egypts yeah. and making okay. them prime minister. Okay. How okay. would you categorize the latest entry I into the know. democratic field? And given the fact that I mean, no one. I mean, New York, New Yorkers as their mayor don't even like him. Don't want him to run. I think he's a terrible mayor. Um, he, he's very tall, though. I think that's got to be some that sort of positive yeah. characteristic. I mean, many of these people are tall. He is uh, like the twenty ninety millionth uh, Democratic presidential I think that's candidate right. coming up. In fact, up. apart yeah. from you, me, and my dog, yeah, every every person in the country is running as a Democratic yeah. candidate. And your dog is so cute too. That's true, but there's no way she's running. She's a Republican. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense. Um, on this golden point, retrievers are always low tax. On this <laughs> on this point. The uh, debates in June are coming up, so um, we'll, there'll be lots of time to talk about this, but there's already grousing about how you get on stage for the Democratic debate. You have to had raised a lot of money from low-dollar donors or have reached 1%, I think, um, in popular in opinion polls. So there will be lots 1%. of different... 1%. I, I mean, think, literally, I think yeah. my dog Lucy could could make 1%. Yeah, I mean, I think she'd get tons of votes. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, across the state. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and whether you know because that else obviously um there'll be a division between those who have money and are going to stay in the race through iowa and those those who don't i have to say i've been really impressed with elizabeth warren i don't know if you've seen where she's been traveling to or not but oh yeah i mean the really interesting one was she went on fox and basically went right in front of a fox audience yes said this is what i want to do who thinks it's a good idea and they'll put their hands up yeah that was amazing no, I, yep, there's, there's, I think that's fascinating. There's a really interesting gender bias in this one, which is I think that unconsciously, because this is somebody is the same age, demographic, and gender as Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. there's a big that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're not actually allowing her to be the candidate that she is and to totally fail on agree. her own, to yes. fail on her own terms or yep. succeed on her own terms. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the the biggest the biggest handicap she has is that. It's not yes. what she's saying or what she's doing. No, and I've written her off for those reasons. But, I mean, she's gone to out-of-the-way places in Georgia and South Carolina. And she is just continuing to be who she is. And she isn't – I think that's what's impressive is she isn't letting the media push her around. So she's the anti-Hillary yeah. or she changes who she is on a daily basis. I think the Fox town halls have been really successful for her and for mm-hmm. Bernie, too, mm-hmm. just in terms of going and talking. And they haven't flubbed and they haven't stumbled. And it, but, but it also shows you something interesting about, you know, this idea that, like, a Fox 
Fox Town Hall is filled with the basket of deplorables. They're not. They're real people with real concerns. And those real concerns are actually answered by these agendas and by these ideas. And there's a real receptivity. And that's that's a source of tremendous hope. All of the false bullshit division that goes on. Right, if you can actually not, it's not reaching across the aisle, it's actually addressing to the real concerns of real people. Well, and it's not treated as contempt or that, right, or that they're less than in some way. And I, um, I've actually really, I've gotten a lot out of, of watching them. Um, I think they're, I think they're, it's important to show that the Democratic candidates are some snotty, you know, left-leaning, coastal elite kind of, uh, kind of individuals. Well, well, most of them are, but yeah. we'll just put but that to one your side. your dog Lucy's not. No, my dog Lucy's not, but that's why she's a Republican. Anyway. A little bit more about recent policies that the president has been weighing in on, and that's, of course, the China tariff war. Right. And my take on this is less about the actual policy, more about this whole America first, Mm -hmm. putting America first frame around it. And I thought a lot about this because, you know, under the Obama administration, Obama was leading from behind and then comes in Trump and we're going to make America great again. And I just think that this is such a weird example, given what's at stake, but an example of somehow the U.S. is standing up to the bully on the street, that's China, and that this is the president putting America first, that the Obama administration would never put America first, I guess, is the, yeah, is the yeah. other side of I mean, that. Th- there's definitely that, too. I mean, one of the ways of thinking about why the economy, the American economy is doing so great is because by slapping tariffs on China and thereby affecting China and everybody in East Asia, they're doing much worse than mm-hmm. they would otherwise mm-hmm. be. Right. So basically, we're, you know, we, we've made, we're the most attractive horse in the glue factory, <laughs> and and that's only because we shot all the other horses first, right? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a little bit harsh, a little bit, right? Here's here's another way of thinking about the same things. Um, you don't gamble much, do you? No, I would never get. I don't like gambling. Yeah, okay. Even the penny slot, I don't like. See, the, honestly, I don't actually have a gambling gene either, but I find sort of the math of it fascinating. Okay. So you ever heard of a nightingale strategy? No. So a nightingale is how you break the bank at Monte Carlo. Okay. And that means if you have unlimited liquidity, you can break any bank. Okay. Because a bank has a limit. Uh-huh. So so long as you can double your bet, on a 50-50 fair flip, eventually it's going to go your way. Huh, and okay. it's doubling all the time. So all you need to be is right once mm-hmm. and you're done. Mm-hmm. Now, let's think about what Trump just did. He already has a deal done with the Chinese. Everything's pretty much there. Mm-hmm. And then he tweets out, nah, you lot mm-hmm. are cheating. And this isn't going to happen. And I'm sticking more tariffs on you. And we can always put more tariffs on them than they can put on us. And we've got the dollar and they don't. And everything's mm-hmm. banked in dollars, traded in dollars. So we have unlimited liquidity. So essentially what we're doing is playing a, mining, a nightingale strategy mm-hmm. with them. So why do you want to do that? Well, partly it's that we're being tough. But partly you're trying to find the point where they really scream. Mm-hmm. And then once you've figured that out, because it looks like, let's say, if we project forward and the economy stays this way, it's going to be very hard for anyone to stand against the president with 3% growth and 3.8% yeah. unemployment. Yeah. In the next term, guess who gets it? Europe. Yeah. Because what Trump's done is basically, if you've if you ever watched The Apprentice, what is this guy like? He basically likes results. So here's mm-hmm. results number one. I went to Canada and said, do what I want. And they went, no. And then they folded. Mm-hmm. I went to Mexico and said, do what I want. And they went, yep, immediately. Mm-hmm. And I declared victory and moved on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make it a little bit tougher for the Chinese so I'll look even better. And once I've got that in the bag, I'm going to turn on Europe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go after their cars. I'm going to go after their common agricultural policy. Right. Yeah. And they've got China 2025 squeezing Europe on the other side. So this is an interesting t- time to be in Europe because you've got China on the one side and you've got America about to turn you on the other. Mm-hmm. And you've got populists here in the north and the south apart. 
Well, and I mean, that's an interesting theory because that means he has, he's testing the waters for the big, for the really big ones. So what does this say for, you know, the whole thing about the liberal international order and alliances and traditional allies, it's done. Yeah. It's done. Huh. Because he's going to, he can do all these. He's going to tell, he's going to just basically bully the Germans into submission. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, that's something I guess to to watch out for. Yes, that as, comes in season four. As, <laughs> the Apprentice, the EU version. Exactly. The governor of Alabama yesterday signed into a pretty restrictive abortion law. Um, I could only make singularly inappropriate segues at that point <laughs> yeah. in time. Um, if there's any um, any silver lining, that might be the only one. But I thought what, what has been interesting for me in a couple of different things. One was that a couple of different um, people noted that this that this law is not the one to be worried about because it doesn't it, it doesn't include rape and incest, and so it's a very easy one for the court to strike down. Um, and number two, I have to say you know for all my liberal leaning friends who don't live in alabama and live in san francisco i was like they alabama doesn't want to hear from you they don't want you to wear your um your oh, margaret Atwood, the handmaid's tale outfit like they just like leave them alone and so there's a, the other part of you that was just like oh can we just not weigh in on this in terms of this is a state that's done their thing hopefully this will go to court and like all of it will be um will be um uh, vetted through the court system. I just thought, yeah, I just don't know that anyone really wants to hear from some San Francisco person about what's happening in Alabama. But I mean, that's part of the divide too, right? And the other thing was, is it'll always be the case that rich women will have access and poor women are going to get just totally Even run down. Even if the whole United States yep. bonds it, there's still Canada for those who can afford it. Yep. And there's always going to be access for those who can find it. And the women that need it the most, who are the most vulnerable, are going to be totally uh, left out. And, and these policies are still being decided by 25 white guys yes. in their 60s. Yes. Right. All yes. of which is egregious, all of which is horrible. But another way to think about it is, why double down on this now? I mean, do they really care about this much? Or is it basically a sign of the underlying weaknesses of the Republicans apart from Trump? Oh, that's an interesting right, thing. Because ultimately, it, yeah. what have they got left? Right, the yeah. entire agenda has been hijacked by the guy who used to run the Apprentice. Yeah, yeah. Right? Things are going, generally speaking, in a macroeconomic sense, mm-hmm. much better than most people expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can get to Iraq in a moment because that's mm-hmm. the big red flag, right? But sorry, Iran, I should say. Right, we'll get to that in a minute, right? But nonetheless, you know, it continues. So you've got a party that's trying to maintain its relevance and push its base and all the rest of it. Trump's taking immigration from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alabama mm-hmm. can't bash China. Mm-hmm. What's left? Yeah. It's this. It's the incredibly conservative social politics. Yeah. So in a way, this is, it's, you know, I personally think horrible and ridiculous. But at the same time, it's kind of a signal of the, the sort of the dying last gasps of a party of old people. Mm-hmm. Right. So what's the positive thing you're trying to do apart yeah. from this? You got yeah. nothing. The other legs in the stool, right, have been co-opted by the president. So where and what is their base? And their base, I mean, we can get fired up around all of this. Yeah, and also I mean, get... You're talking about parts of the country that are both conservative and religious. Yeah. And those yeah. are real, you know, value voters. And the, yeah. their concerns and, and principles are as valid as anybody others. And that's, right. that's the way that the democracy should work. Yeah. I do wonder what will happen in the Alabama state elections um, when all those 25 white guys are up for uh for up for re-election well, that's, that will be an out. interesting one because then you'll find out you know how much of the um backlash shall we say 
uh, that one would expect yeah. really materializes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one of the things is I had an interesting discussion about sort of, you know, me too, two years in with someone yeah. a little while ago. And they're making the point that essentially, you know, one might agree with these values or disagree with these values, but they are values. Yeah. And values are relative and shift over yeah. time. Yeah. They're not absolute moral standards. Mm-hmm. And if we make the mistake of thinking that what we happen to like is an absolute moral standard, not only is that disgustingly arrogant, it makes you incredibly vulnerable mm-hmm. because it might turn out that millions of people disagree with you. Yeah. Right, yeah. that might actually be the case, and then mm-hmm. that's a huge shock when it turns out that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting moment for the reproductive choice movement as well, because the language used to be safe, legal, and rare, and then rare got dropped because there's this sort of shame to it. Mm-hmm. And so, in thinking about this type, these types of laws, there was the hashtag, and I thought of this was you're talking about me too. Was you know me, and it was about women talking about their abortion stories. And I have to say, women don't generally talk about yeah, don't talk absolutely. about it. But I think it's and to the the politics around this that to change the language that it is something that is not some is not a decision taken lightly by women it is is something that they think very deeply about it something that stays with them their entire life that it is in many cases invasive surgery Yes. I mean, for goodness sake, you know, this is not sort of, this is a serious thing, which right. is why if it's driven underground, it results in death. Right, right, right. So I think it's, just, it's an opportunity where to think about changing it from, oh, it's something, some sort of flip choice you decide to make, you know, in between getting coffee and breakfast, right. that maybe that can help the movement in some ways as uh, as well. Warmongering with Iran scared me in my boots because I thought, here comes World War Three. Here we go again on oh. my own. Oh, God. Um, down terrible. That, road that ends up with <laughs> lots of people dying and $3 trillion wasted. Oh, but I mean, it's like a it's like a religious war. It's a regional. It's like everything rolled into one. And it's basically sort of, you know, two guys who are holdovers from the neocon era yeah. driving oh. the entire agenda. Yeah. I mean, Bolton, Bolton just Bolton so and Pompeo, angry it. and pissed about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's a really interesting one for Trump because, I mean, the one thing that, and I think the one thing that Trump has going for him is so far is he hasn't started a war. Yeah, that's right. Right. Which is right. kind of unusual, yeah. right? Or had yeah. one handed to him that he's like, let's make it worse. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of his followers find that satisfactory. If he basically suddenly goes all neocon, and this is not 100,000 people that have been under sanctions mm-hmm. for a decade mm-hmm. and the, the economy is in the, in the ground, right? This is a sort of, you know, a million people under arms with support from both the Russians and the mm-hmm. Chinese. Mm-hmm. Think very carefully about cracking this nut. And if it yes. comes down to it that basically it's just a naval and air confrontation, how do you declare victory? At which point have you won? Well, when you do yes. tremendous damage to world markets and basically show the world that you're just a bunch of saber-rattling fools. Oh, well, and to your point, he wants results, so he's going to want to declare victory too. Right. I mean, that's and, gonna the whole point. The, well, so here, so here, remember the, the Iraq playbook, right? You know, basically you do your thing and you move yeah. in and suddenly it becomes a democracy, right? Yeah. Well, you can do that because there's nobody there to stop you. Yeah. The, the Revolutionary Guards will not be folding into the ground, right? They will, do, And they will have serious support from things like Russian surface-to-air missiles yes. and all the rest of it. It's yep. a lot harder to do this one. So, yep. you know, I read a line about Bolton where when he was told this, of what could go wrong in Iraq, he said, I don't do war, I do policy. Right. Well, yeah. unfortunately, mate, you do. And this yeah. could be a bigger one than you've ever seen. Yeah. So I have this gut feeling that Trump's going to fire him. Oh, fire. and he just got in there, too. I think he's I mean, going to fire him. I mean, if you, if you think about the turnover in staff, right? Eh, 
that's a good I mean, point. basically, you know, there's a, there's a McDonald's yeah. with a really angry manager that has yeah. slightly more turnover and stuff than yeah. the White House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he could just be the next casualty and suddenly pff, this is gone. Well, and the other thing that Donald Trump likes is he gets the headlines. His advisors do not get the headlines. Exactly. And Bolton's name was bright, you know, 28-point mm-hmm. And the thing is, what's the payoff to this, right? I mean, you know, he's done his thing with uh, Netanyahu. Yeah. He's signaled that, you know, Jerusalem's the capital. Um, Israel has no near-term or even medium-term threats are mm-hmm. completely safe. Yeah. And the whole thing about Iran is completely overhyped. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, they're in a box. They're on their knees with sanctions economically. Mm-hmm. And if you hit them, they will give everything they've got back. What is the payoff to go yes. on there? Yeah, because you're right. It's not an easy at all victory that you can just, it's not the Persian Gulf. You're not dialing this yeah, one in. It's not the Gulf War of 1991. That's for sure. So we'll see how that develops. Yeah. Did you send your gift to Harry and Meghan? They're, they sent it back. Oh, they did. Totally. I couldn't oh, believe it. They must have had two of them. No, that's, that's what, what it was. was. It yeah. was they've got two of it already. But I thought every yeah. baby needed a Lamborghini. Yeah, everybody does. Yes. Oh, well, there we go. So anyway, I guess we're mentioning this because this is our happy story of the week. Yeah. Yes. How, can't we just mention first that last week climate change went to I think it was four hundred and twelve or four hundred and twenty one parts per million CO two, the highest in was it now a hundred million years, eighty million years, <laughs> something ridiculous like that. And also this week, here's the one you probably missed, it was eighty four degrees in Archangel. Do you know where Archangel is? Uh, Florida? No, the oh. Carp- Kamchatka. Is it Kamchatka? Kamchatka. Kamchatka Peninsula. It's the bit above Norway that's run by Russia. Yeah. It's in the Arctic Circle. Oh, Kamchatka, sorry, is on the Oh, that's on the other side, side right? Yeah, so sorry, whatever the peninsula the, yeah. is up there, the yeah. Polar okay. Peninsula or whatever, right? That's where it is. Yeah. And it's a big sub base. Okay. And basically it was 84 degrees. It was warmer there than it was, it was in Providence. Yeah, exactly, right. Okay. Which means it's sort of Arctic ice melt, I mean, is yeah. now on like catastrophic feedback loop. Yeah. So... Fun and games on climate change once again. Anyway, back to Harry and Meghan, because that's what people care about. Well, it's just, it's so hard because I don't can't fathom like yesterday, let alone two million years ago, and that this is happening at the rate that it is. I, it's, it's so hard. much easier to focus on a royal baby. Oh, yes, it really is. And, so what yes. do you think of the name? I kind of liked it. I thought it was kind of friendly and nice. Yeah, so Archie's a great name. I think it's an underused yeah. name, right? But yeah. it really, it's Archibald. Okay, which sounds very upper crust British. Well, and also weird. Yeah. Archibald. It's a bit strange, yeah. isn't it? I don't know. It sounds kind of fancy, I think. I guess. Yeah. Archie's better, definitely. Yeah, it just sounds kind of kind No, of exactly. So anyway, uh, basically, um, some celeb pseudo-rich people in <laughs> yeah. Britain had a baby. Yeah. That's the news. Yeah. No, Amazing. but the news for me, and I know I've said this before, but it still kind of thrills me, is that the gr- great-grandchild of the Queen of England is 25% African-American. Like, that's still, I mean, you know, think about I, changing I up the half DNA Half the pool. genome is 100% crazy and probably infected <laughs> right. with horse DNA. True. But we don't talk about that. That's true. Um, but really changing, changing the DNA structure of the royal family for as long as they... You know, if they last another generation or not. Well, that's the thing about them. They're survivors, right? I mean, think about it. Man. They're royalty, right? Yeah. Just the very idea of royalty. Yeah. Somebody walks into this room now, and we're meant to stand up and go, your highness. Yes. Kiss my yeah. highness. Yeah. Right? And yet that stands, right? And, and people love it and go for all this nonsense. These are oh, the yeah. ultimate survivors. Yes. If embracing multicultural diversity <laughs> through the genome <laughs> yeah. is the thing it takes to survive, you can rest She's assured gonna do they'll it. do the it. Gonna Absolutely. Do it. The queen's going to do it. The queen's going to do it. Do you have any good summer plans that you can share or do we have to sign a DNR? 
Um, not DNR. <laughs> DNR. Not DNR. Not DNR. Um, I can't think of what it is. I love the idea of signing a do not resuscitate <laughs> yeah, for March summer, summer plans. plans. That's great. That's great. I think I think you meant a non-disclosure. Yes, non-disclosure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. NDA. Right. I just mixed up my letters. Yeah, Thank mixed you. exactly. That's good. Um, so anyway, when I'm not resuscitated, who knows where I'll be? Um, no, I got some research trips uh, okay. to the UK and to Germany planned. Okay. Okay. And uh, other than that, look forward to being able to get some serious writing done. Oh, that sounds, that sounds great. Yes. Okay, um, so we can and catch you? you. Well, I have one trip planned right now to, I have not been to Tanzania, so I'm going to tan- Tanzania. So that's just a fun trip, but I'm All excited. Right. To, I've done very little in that part of the I mean, there's lots of, of places you haven't been to. I mean, I bet you haven't been to, you know, um, let's say Dundee in Scotland. Why did you choose Tanzania? Uh, well, I, yeah, I've only been to um, Edinburgh. Mm. Um, I have a friend who's going to be there who's... At, who's is a, a professor and is doing some research there and I saw, thought it sounded like a good time to explore Definitely. so yeah so I'm, ex- I'm excited for that but I will um, be as always watching the news in some regard and shaking my head I'm sure exactly hopefully when we meet next time we will not be embroiled in a war on Iran yes and Brexit will be sorted out, so we never have to talk about it again. Yep, check. And uh, we haven't mentioned it yet, but we will all be over talking about what was wrong with the series finale of Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, and I, I've not watched anything, so and I've had to put like my hands over my ears. As I know I every time you switch talk. on a website, there's sort of like fan petition or redo yes, the finale. I'm like, right. you, we haven't seen the finale uh, yes. yet. How can you have a petition? But you yet? haven't started watching, have you? No, or I'm up you? to episode. I got. I'm up. I've done three. I'm up to oh, four. Oh, you have. Jeez. Okay, I haven't watched anything, so I'm. Right. Just trying I'm gonna to sit watch tight. four and five probably tonight. Trying to just sit tight and and hang on, but and you know maybe by the time we talk next time as well, the Democratic presidential poll will either be at seventy five or maybe two. I don't you know. Even seventy five percent of the American population. Yes, will right. will be running. Yes, exactly. that's right. That's right. We'll have a great summer. We'll see All you right. on the other side. Bye.